Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Look at us starting on time for the first time in I know ever. I mean, it's been a year since we've done this, right? <laughs> Two days. Two days. So sorry about that. Oh no. Always the stuff and the things. Um, you guys are listening to Oddity Files the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. I know what I forgot to do. Show notes. What you got to talk about today, Nick? Because I got nothing. <laughs> you didn't make any at all? No. That's amazing. Who needs show yeah. notes when you Right. When when you're us? I don't know yeah. what that, oh. I don't know what that means. No, I already talked about it, didn't I? The elevator game. Son of a bitch. God damn it. You I got did. nothing. Two days ago. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> That's I, uh, the problem when we record so close together. Is it the no show notes? Well, you know, I uh, the first thing I think I did this morning when I got up was someone in the, fa- in the Facebook f- a fan group, I believe, I want to say it is, posted a video of like these little boys in Russia throwing rocks at like a Bigfoot who was like bundled up in this corner and these little boys are like throwing rocks and sticks at it. I didn't watch it. I read the comments, which I normally never do. And somebody's like, why is the video so shitty? And so I was like, I'm not even going to watch it. So tell me about it. I mean, that's pretty much it It in a nutshell. It's just like this pile of fur against these rocks and these little kids are like throwing rocks and taunting it in Russian. It's like the bullies in a 90s family animal movie. Oh. Um, and then it like cuts and the Bigfoot's like running away, but it doesn't really look like a big, I don't know. It's very strange, but I was like, what a sad thing to wake yeah. up to and I feel like it ruined my day in a way. Yeah. No, absolutely. I get that. One million percent. I mean, do we think it might have been like an orange orangutan? Not that that's it warrants children being mean to it in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> People stop raising assholes. Yeah. Um, but do we really think it was a, a big feat? No, I, I don't I don't think it was. I don't know what it was, whether it was like set up or whether it was like someone wearing you know, a blanket over them and these kids were just bullying or 
you know, maybe it was just fake altogether. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. And sometimes with these videos as well, like, I see a lot of people, especially in, artic in, in articles and YouTube videos and stuff, that some of these videos and things that surface two, three weeks ago um, doesn't mean that they were recorded two or three weeks ago. So it could have right. been something that lived on... I think a lot of us forget that YouTube has existed for such a long time. That Probably almost as long as you've been alive. <laughs> it's yes. I mean, I remember when it when it came around, but I didn't it, like quality of phones and things were so bad. So things will cycle off of YouTube, and then someone will somehow find it again, and then re-upload it somewhere else, and so. And then, you know, it's like, it's new, even though it's not new. So I think yeah. a lot of people, uh, there was a lot of stuff. I think when the internet was in infancy, as far as like, you know, when it wasn't dial up internet and things like that, I remember there being tons more like Bigfoot videos and all that. And now there's just not like, I remember some vividly that I saw when I was in like fifth grade that I can't find now for the life of me and I feel like I made them up and I didn't I know I didn't yeah no I, I believe you <laughs> one million percent but where did they go does that mean that they were fakes and they're afraid to put them on the internet because the internet is the most scrutinizing being in the world <laughs> yeah I yeah, you think that's it I don't know I think things just cycle <clears throat> an account when accounts get taken down or accounts go or whatever because i think maybe they're say somebody in like 2000 it was like 2005 makes a bigfoot account or an account to upload a bigfoot video and that account uploads said video and then the person either passes or removes themselves from the internet youtube purges accounts all the time so then that account yeah. that has that video that account's gone as well. Welcome to Oddity Files, where we educate you on how YouTube works. <laughs> what a weird introduction. This is what happens I when mean, you don't have show notes. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. That would explain why when you you um, are updating your Facebook page in this day and age, it asks what you'd like to do with it after you die. The fuck? Does it? Yes. Who would you like to have control of your page after you die? I didn't know. So we so we are now organ donors and Facebook donors are like our options on our driver's license. Apparently so. But speaking of that, I forgot all about this. But recently, like within the last year, the original, well, not the original owner of the Lizzie Borden house, because, you know, that would be her family. Right. But um, the lady who I met when she owned the Lizzie Borden house passed away last year. And I guess just recently, there was a post on her Facebook page saying, I'm okay. I'm with whatever her cat's name is. We're having fun on the Rainbow Bridge. Nobody knows who put it up. Her family is pissed, says that there's no way she would even speak like that. So oh, who are these people? <laughs> That's, That's why you have to give your Facebook page to somebody when you die. That's so great. Uh, it's gross. Is, it's, I don't like it. I don't like any of it. If it all just went it's dark gross. one day, if like all of social media just went dark. Uh, How would I keep tabs on my friends? 
you'd figure out ways to track them on their phone. You'd like next time you you hang out with them, you like you sneak their phone. Like, hey, I gotta make a quick call, and then you insert some call chip yourself. in their phone, <laughs> and then you have everything. Actually, get people's phone numbers might be a good idea. I don't, yeah. I don't even do that anywhere. I'm like, oh, I'll find you on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. This world is a hot freaking mess. Yeah, it is, and we're just living in it. We are. We are. Oh, speaking of weird Facebook stuff, I was looking at the groups. Oh, my friend Marjorie Collins, she was the one who encouraged me to make the Odd Coven Facebook page. And Mm -hmm. so she's a moderator on it and everything. Well, her Facebook page was packed, not packed, hacked. And, And like she couldn't get anything back from it. But... So I, I went in to re-add her as a moderator in the Odd Coven group, and you can now check mark a box and allow people to request prayers in your group. So you know, like the ask a question button. Yeah. There's request a prayer button. I mean, you know, that's it's just weird. where we're at. That's where it's it's so funny going from because I'm not on the Facebooks a ton, uh, but it's so funny going from like each social media platform, even though Instagram is owned by Facebook, but going from like Instagram to Twitter to Facebook, there's such a clear difference between all three. The, uh, the people who post regularly, yes. It's it's insanity. I know Instagram, like you can't really have a lot to say because most people, when they have a lot to say, they put it in their Instagram story. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not holding down your Instagram story to read a novel. I just, that's, that's a lot. One of my finger slips. I lose my spot. Like I have a very short attention span. It is what it is. All of the above. Um, and then Twitter, you know, it's like you get one tweet. And if that tweet interests you enough to like read the rest of the thread, you have a choice that you can make. And then you have Facebook where it's like the wild west of like requesting prayers, (laughs) memes, 900 paragraph, novels like willing your facebook page to your next of kin yeah oh for fuck's sake this world it's it's a wild it's a wild wild time (laughs) to be alive (laughs) it's a terrible time to be alive that's the name of this episode (laughs) oh Mm -hmm. so yeah all the mm-hmm. stuff and all the things. I haven't watched a damn thing. I rewatched Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it, the new one. Uh, Harley, I understand why women love her so much. I really do. She's just, it's not like she's like just a badass. She's like a whiny badass who doesn't think she's badass, which is the perfect woman, I guess. I don't know. Take out the whiny. <laughs> yeah, I saw something. Uh, two or three days ago, I guess it was after we podcast the last, it was two days ago, uh, someone had tweeted, I think it was someone from, because I don't know if Margot Robbie's on Twitter, maybe she is and I'm wrong, but it was like a video of her doing one of the stunts from Birds of Prey, and it was just so badass. I'm like, man, this is why people love her and love the character, because she gives everything she's got to that character but it's just like to have a group of people a collective of people who have like handled that character so well over time 
is just like another. It's like a, a feat in its own. Oh yeah, for- absolutely. I've not seen Birds of Prey just because all the stories I heard about Jared Leto really freaked me out. And he's yeah, not in it. Oh, I thought he was. Nope. Oh. Yeah, the whole cool. movie. I you see like a like the back of his head or something, but the whole movie is that they just broke up. And it's oh, that's going to be good. <laughs> that's yeah, going to be really great. good. <laughs> I think it was the last movie I had seen in theaters before I had gone back to see The Green Knight. That was the I think I think that was the last movie I had seen. I've decided The Green Knight needs to hire you as their Oscar camp- campaigner. Oh, it's it's gotten to the point now. Like you know that you openly obsess over something when people you know both well and not so well um are sending you like blu-ray date announcements the vinyls that's on soundtrack like i feel like i'm never it's it's brilliant because i'm never gonna miss if there's something on the internet that i might have overlooked someone's gonna send it to me oh yeah and it's an amazing thing so like if you love something just shout it from the rooftops because then you just wind up getting things like I have this Ryan Gosling blanket that I use while I podcast. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners are aware of your Ryan Gosling obsession, but it is honestly one of my favorite things about you <laughs> because he's your bro crush and you give no fucks about it. And I love that about you. <laughs> I, I think in the room that I'm currently in, I have three four five uh things of ryan gosling in this current room that i'm in i believe i believe that's right not counting the books there are a handful of books on the shelf behind me are one they of picture them is books signed. what um yes one, one is a signed book so i have his signature um yeah got a a lot of i got a, a ryan gosling action figure sitting in front of me got a I thought I had a Funko Pop. Oh, shit. Do I not? What? Oh, that's not good. I know I got to get on Amazon after we finish <laughs> recording this podcast. Next week, we'll have an update on Nick's Funko Pop Ryan Gosling figure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The that's last that. time I hung out at your house, your downstairs was quickly being turned into the Ryan Gosling shrine, which was so fucking amazing. Yeah, I got the Bigfoot Shrine. It was the Ryan Gosling Shrine for a little while, but there's just not enough Ryan Gosling like memorabilia. Oh yeah, uh, out there. Like he just got his first action figure for Blade Runner not too long ago, so I have two versions of that. So it was like, oh, I'll just have a Bigfoot Shrine instead. So I have a lot of, I have very like odd shrines. I have like my My Pet Monster Shrine, which has gotten some love on the Oddity Files fan group. Yeah, Ryan Gosling Shrine and my Bigfoot Shrine, which is very small and yeah. spread out all over this room. <laughs> I, love <laughs> I freaking love it. I've been in the last two days, pretty much just been editing um, for Paranormal Crossroad. If you haven't checked it out, head to paranormalcrossroad.com. I will love you forever. Um, I believe when this airs that we're the week after the big uh, watch party sponsored by Hiatus Tequila at O'Reilly's Irish Pub and Restaurant in downtown Indianapolis. And I'm sure it was great because it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) 
I was going to say, what did it happen? Yeah. Or And then I realized that you're just speaking ahead. Trying trying to sound like, you know, I'm I'm in the now, man, but I'm, I'm absolutely not. I am in the past as you are listening to this, people. So. Maybe, I, maybe we should do that one day. We do an episode where we like talk ahead. So we just look at the week ahead of what's coming. So like shows that are coming out, music, movies, and then we just talk about it like we've seen it one day. <laughs> To give the first fully current episode. But I'm a terrible liar. Even when, I mean, you see it all on my face. I mean, well, it will come in handy because this is a podcast and most of you don't see my face. If you'd like mm-hmm. to see our faces while we podcast, head on over to the Patreon page. It's oddity. Uh, nope. It is absolutely not. I have not updated that page in probably a year. Go to patreon.com slash oddity files. As of this recording, I uploaded today an odd box session that I just did out of the blue. Got some weird responses. The name Heather came over three times. I, I don't I have lots of friends that are Heather, but I, I know they're all still alive. Huh. Interesting. That's very interesting. The more you know over on Patreon. Also, that was a fantastic segue, <laughs> by the way, for not having a single note. That's great. He really knocked it out of the park. That was a home run. I tried really hard. Let's see if Jess will hit a home run with this coming weeks. As you're listening, not for us now, a week in the past, but a week in actually right now, the following week's astrology report. Jess, hit it. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune on Moody here with your weekly energy forecast. The major planets are really quiet this week, but there are a few things to talk about. First up, Venus moves into Scorpio at 4.39 p.m. on Friday the 10th. Venus has been in Libra since August 16th, and we really like Venus in Libra because it's one of the signs that she rules. Venus rules love, money, and beauty, and Libra is the sign of partnership and relating, so you can see how these two energies blend really well together. Venus in Scorpio? Yeah, not so much. Venus is in detriment in Scorpio, since she rules opposing sign Taurus, so she's severely debilitated now. Expect to see a stark and sudden contrast in Venus themes. Moving from a sign where you're super strong into a sign where you're super weak is akin to nosediving off a cliff. Normally lighthearted, fun, and flirty, Venus in Scorpio is jealous, catty, obsessive, and fearful. Her self-esteem takes a huge hit while she wades through the murky waters of this sign. It's like fatal attraction meets single white female, so steer clear. Thankfully, it's a quick trip. She reaches fiery Sagittarius on October 7th. The next major transit day isn't until the 14th, when we have Mars moving into Libra and the Sun opposing Neptune. Similar to our Venus conundrum, Mars in Libra is absolutely miserable as well. Mars, our god of war, rules opposite sign Aries, where he gets to pillage and plunder with reckless abandon. So when he gets to Libra, his skin crawls because he's forced to put on airs and negotiate like a gentleman. Mars no likey. The result is a whole lot of passive-aggressive energy between the 14th and October 30th, when Mars finally reaches his home sign of Scorpio. Fun times. Sun opposite Neptune on the 14th weakens our defenses significantly and tends to lead to situations that dissolve our ego, resulting in disappointment, discouragement, and insecurity. It will not be a good day to engage in conflict of any kind, because deception and confusion will be the rule rather than the exception to it. It will be a good day for charitable work, but if anything seems too good to be true, it definitely is. 
Neptune is notorious for slapping the rose-colored glasses on your face. And finally, the Sun trines Pluto on Thursday the 16th, which will help to re-empower any egos that got bitch-slapped by Neptune two days earlier. Influential experiences that allow for positive transformation can take place with this energy around. It's great for research or investigation of any kind, taking on leadership roles, or simply decluttering your space. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneonmoody.com. I offer many different types of astrology and astro tarot readings, and I'm now conducting sound healing sessions for those of you in the Boston area. You can help support my small business by checking out my shop where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For horoscopes, flash sales, and an intimate look at what a shit show my life is, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Well done, my dear. I've got my seatbelt on and my airbags engaged in order to deal with this upcoming week. Nick, how do you feel about some paranormal in the news? I feel like it's the only thing we have right now. It so is. we should just literally. go with it. That's literally all we have. I would uh, like you all to, before I go to paranormal in the news, head on over to your favorite podcast app and leave a review, please. And thank you so much. Headline reads, from PKLiveNews.com, Bigfoot's watching me. North Carolina man shares footage of something in the woods. Bigfoot's watching me. Oh, it just, why would they put the headline twice? That's so dumb. Okay. So there are three people, the Bigfoot enthusiast said. They're there and we need to respect them. A North Carolina man claims he captured footage of three Bigfoot creatures watching him in the woods. The Bigfoot enthusiast Doug Teague of Hickory explained in a video on the Catawaba Valley Bigfoot Research Facebook page, that's a fucking mouthful, that he was out in the woods last month trying to retrieve some game cameras when he heard a knocking sound. First, he dismissed it as woodpeckers. And then... Quote, a rock was thrown, he told WCNC, the NBC station in Charlotte. Teague said his dog, Crazy Daisy, chased the rock. When he looked to see who had thrown it, he (sighs) spotted three ape-like cryptids. I was like, why did the freaking font change to something I can't read? I was like a giddy school kid, said Teague. Just nervous, heart beating. It was crazy. The footage wasn't clear, but it showed something moving on the other side of a set of trees. Teague said he has about 10 minutes of footage of the creature in the forest. Creatures in the forest. He told the Hickory Record, the Hickory Record, the Hickory Record, that he regularly goes out in search of Bigfoot, often bringing snacks into the forest in an attempt to lure him. They like granola bars, apples, mushrooms, turnips, and moon pies, Teague said. They like sweets. I wonder if they like Pez, Nick. They might love Pez, like me. (laughs) Teague said he spotted Bigfoot four times and has also made casts of footprints. This was posted August 30th, 2021 nick i will send you the link if you would like to watch the video at some other point i will also post this in the 
Facebook fan group. If you guys want to check that out, head to flow.page slash oddityfiles. All our stuff and all our things are there. And it's, you know, you bringing that, it was the, and I meant to bring it up weeks ago, I think, but uh, the Bigfoot Museum in Georgia, Expedition Bigfoot, if you follow their Facebook page, they actually have like a, a tip drop off where you can drop off uh, encounters or experiences that you had, whether it's handwritten or whatever. And the reason why I thought of this is because the, the, the granola bars, that whole thing, it was an anonymous letter that was given to, he was like an older gentleman in the area. It, this He wrote this letter anonymously and gave it to somebody to drop off anonymously to whoever would listen. And it was Expedition Bigfoot is the one who wound up getting receiving it and they took pictures of the letter and wrote it and it talked about that he would often bring them granola bars and this and that and sweets and oats and all that and one thing that he mentioned is that uh he has had multiple encounters that he has seen them they're peaceful creatures but the way the reason why so many people don't see them is because they go get where they need to get uh by the tops of trees. What? Which was really interesting. Like Tarzan shit? Yeah. I love that. So that's why that a lot of uh, their their habitat, if you will, is super dense forests that they can go from tree to tree to tree. And so when we hear tree knocks, we're not hearing tree knocks from below. You hear tree knocks from above, which is why the sound carries as far as it does. Which would also explain why footprints are so few and far between. Yep. Man's a goddamn genius. It's pretty brilliant. And the fact that I have been on this earth 30 years and have not heard that. Uh, and it explains like the depth of the footprint that even though the weight, most people say that, a uh, you know, an adult male Sasquatch is like, seven to nine feet anything bigger than that it seems a bit far-fetched there aren't really a lot of stories that are like and it was 14 feet tall it's i think the biggest i've heard in a story that seems like rep from a reputable source is like 11 feet i think is the biggest i'd be the one that said 20 feet because i have no judge of that kind of stuff (laughs) like it was huge it was 30 feet tall i imagine a for a strong average uh, is like between like seven and eleven feet, um, but the weight portion doesn't really make a lot of sense with the depth depth of the footprint in some like non wet muddy mm-hmm. terrain. So the depth of the footprint is said to come from them leaping out of a tree. That if they leapt from a tree and then hit the ground, they're landing on their feet. And that's what makes the deep footprint that sometimes can stick there for a while because it's making such an indention. So even if it was like days ago, it's deep enough because the contact. I don't know. Here's my thoughts on it. Why there's only one. Because when they land, they land superhero style. One leg's (laughs) out and one foot firmly planted on the ground. (laughs) Let's let's the add that to the pose. list. Yes, literally yeah. the Spider-Man mm-hmm. pose, the superhero landing, if you will. Um, I have no fucking clue who goes first, but I, I 
Okay, perfect. So, guys and girls and weirdos and ghouls, I did something completely different. Um, I ran a search. What did I even run a search on? I don't know. But I ended up on this photo that has been people have been trying to debunk for years. Then I ended up on this site that had a list of a bunch of photos that people have been trying to debunk for years. And uh, I I come up with a, a pretty cool way, I think, to make this work since it's so visual-based. Um, I'm going to – well, let me just start reading because I've probably already covered something I wrote. So, as a paranormal researcher, myself and countless other numbers of others – no. And countless numbers of others are looking for indisputable – proof that the paranormal exists. So today, I'm going kind of visual with some of the most famous alleged paranormal photos that have been taken around the world, pretty much since the invention of the camera. I know, I know, it's a podcast, Katie, but I've sent each photo I'm going to talk about to Nick so he can describe what he sees to all of you lovely listeners. And of course, I'll also post them in our Instagram highlights as well. This will be episode 143 for you latecomers. I'm just trying to make this story a little interactive. And I'm freaking blown away by some of these photos as well and can't wait to share them with you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the description that I found on uh, online about each photo. And then Nick's going to describe what he sees in the photo, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I've got a total of 16. I'm not sure if I'll make it through all 16 or not, because this could go on forever. <laughs> but it's something new. Let's try it. Okay. So number photo number one is the one we're talking about right now, Nick. And it's um, called An Unexpected Guest. It's from the 1950s. This image, taken at some point between the... Uh, at some point in the 50s, shows a small family sitting at a table, two boys happily on their mother's laps. But then there's this pretty terrifying, unexpected ghost who's also dropped in. And um, I've seen this one several times over the years. And I'm not going to lie. It gives me the heebie-jeebie. So, Nick, what do you see when you look at this photo? Uh, as far as a description of the photo or what I see specifically as far as... Both. Detail. So in the photo, it's it's a family of four, it seems, two women and two kids sitting mm-hmm. at a table. The probably light a holiday. Source, it's probably, it, it seems like a Christmas maybe or a Hanukkah potentially. Um, in the center of the table, there are three candles that are lit, which appears to be what's lighting the room. And then kind of to the left behind them is this figure that looks like, you know, onesie jammies from the 1950s yeah um hanging upside down with their arms down and their head kind of tilted with a completely blacked out face yeah it's a black and white photo as well (laughs) yes it is a black and white photo this that is correct it looks like he's just like falling out of the ceiling (laughs) i think that's the best way to describe it it looks like he is he's been living in this chimney for a while (laughs) and he is falling out of the ceiling and he was supposed to stay up there since, you know, until at least Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, for sure. 
and the everything just came a just blew open and he's fallen out mid photo the kids are probably christmas is ruined i'm sure i you know what i bet it was it's santa he caught on fire in the chimney no i don't he's know. ashy he's I mean, just all he's ashy. A little ashy like literal ashes because there's no definition to his face no. it's slightly terrifying the first time i saw it just gut reaction was the fuck is that yeah that's a good initial initial response here. The lighting seems off to me. Um, on the said hanging man? On, on the whole image, the image as a whole, I feel like there's probably some chandelier above them that's lighting the image, which is why it's so light and contrasty on them. But the fact that even the candlelight, his face is completely blacked out. This, to me, looks a lot like whether it was faked in the 50s or whether it was just superimposed now or in the you know later in life mm-hmm. it looks a lot like one of those dummies that you can buy a very like vintage style dummy that has the sort of onesie look and the bald head uh, and it's just stuffed like that's what it reminds me of and the fact that the face is round and blacked out and the arms are kind of limp i think that this is like a superimposed dummy that was probably done uh and edited in in like the 2000s because i I, that's about when i saw it now i will say devil's advocate flashes in the 50s on cameras were super fucking bright and very directional so that could be why the the ladies and the boys are lit so well and there's shadows everywhere else but it's slightly terrifying. Check for it mm-hmm. on the Instagram at Oddity Files. Let's head on over to number two, The Ghost Pilot from 1987. In 1987, Mrs. Sayer was visiting an airfield in England with her friend. She thought it would be fun to take a photo of her sitting in the cockpit. No, the cockpit. When the image was developed, there was a man sitting in the pilot seat who hadn't been there when the photo was taken. Uh, Long lost pilot, no one is sure. So I personally hadn't seen this one before uh, coming across this article. I mean, even when you zoom in on this picture, it's grainy. You can tell it was a scan. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, it looks like there's somebody sitting in the seat next to her and it's behind the window because it's not like glaring into the window. So thoughts, Nick, what yeah. do you see? Yeah. I mean, it just, just, to me, it looks like two people sitting in a helicopter cockpit. Uh, she looks like she's having a great time with her cute little shoes. Definitely Those looks like a kids. scan. <laughs> the little red kids just living her best life. I, you know, I think it's very similar to to the 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 picture of the dress that came out several years ago. It's like, is that dress green? Is that dress blue? Whatever. I think that you can paint a narrative around a picture, and what you see is based on the narrative that you've been told. So yeah. I feel like this is less of a paranormal picture. I think the window is pretty filthy on the helicopter. Yeah. And with the the way it's lit plus whatever i feel like this might have been like a disposable camera oh i'm sure yeah and that flash hit her but then i think the hanger lighting is probably pretty pretty gross and i think that reflecting off the glass i think this these are just two people who are in a helicopter and someone scanned the photo and created the story around it 
Here's what I'm seeing now that I'm looking at it a little closer. You, you've got your windshield, but you've got the metal that actually like holds the windshield in. The mm -hmm. white of the shirt of the alleged spirit that's behind said glass matches up with the white line in the metal as well. So I'm starting to think that's her friend that took the photo. And it's just a bad reflection. That is also a very good point. Yeah, this one, I just don't. I can, I'm looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. And even knowing the story, I just, I'm not getting like a sense of dread or paranormal or supernatural, even with like the previous image where I'm looking at it. And I'm like, nah, this probably isn't true. This one, I'm just getting, this just looks like a Debunked. photo found in grandma's basement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Photo number three, Goddard's squadron, Freddie Jackson from 1919. So this image was taken by Sir Victor Goddard of his squadron in 1919. The ghostly image behind the fourth sailor from the left at the top is believed to be of Freddie Jackson. Jackson died a few days before the photo was taken by walking into a moving propeller that literally has to be the most cringeworthy death ever. Oh. Okay, Nick, <laughs> tell him what you're seeing. So this is just like a typical class of X date photo. It's a lot of these sailors that are in this photo specifically. And behind this guy is a kind of a ghostly face and my immediate reaction, and I have seen photos from the past that have been cleaned up and, and high resolution of five, this is pretty far back. I mean, he is in the last row yeah. of men. And what's throwing me off is that it looks almost like an illusion of what's behind him. The last two rows of guys are kind of scattered just ever so slightly. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is someone who like just got cut out of the photo and, and he's like, trying to moving. lean in yeah yeah because if you look to the right from looking directly at the picture if you look to the right a little bit there's two other sailors faces who were kind of peering over the shoulder of the row in front of them but the depth of this photo is all is all off yeah but it does look a little ghostly and kind of looks like christopher walken a little bit if you Literally look at it from does. the right angle oh my gosh <laughs> super creepy I've, i had seen that one before it it could go either way for me i, I totally I, I, the way that it's blurred i i understand why people automatically go to ghostly now if i could talk to somebody from goddard squadron and say no seriously was there somebody standing behind you or not I would feel so much better, but that one's kind of up in the air right. for me. This one, the big thing for me is that if you look at the circled image, it's not crisp or clean or clear at all. Mm -mm. So how they were even able to punch in far enough, it almost looks like two faces were superimposed into the photo itself. Yeah. It's a cool effect. It's great. But the quality of the photo is, is not good enough to enhance that that far yeah. to be able to see something behind. If I was just looking at the photo and it wasn't zoomed in, I'd be like, oh, what is that? What is that like little cloud behind him? What is yeah. that? And that would be, I'd be like, oh, okay. If you told me the story and didn't have the enhanced photo, I'd be like, this is sweet. This is a crazy story. That, that, I believe it. Yeah, for sure. 
it's it's the zoomed in photo that throws me off. I'm like, how did you get that looking so, so good? crisp and so clear from a photo from 1919? Yeah. Now, if I was there in 1919 and saw it come out, you know, fresh out of the developer like that, I'd been like, holy shit, it's a ghost. But in this day and age, eh, not really. Okay, photo number four, the Amityville ghost from 1976. This photo mm. was actually taken by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Claims to show the ghost of nine-year-old John DeFeo. DeFeo, along with his other brother, two sisters, and parents were killed by his older brother, Ronald, at their house in Amityville. Ed and Lorraine Warren were paranormal experts. We know all that. (laughs) They said they entered the house and captured this image using a camera that consistently took infrared photos during the night. The DeFeo murders were the inspiration, duh, for the Amityville horror books and films. You, you go ahead and say what, you, what you're going to say. I mean, I it looks like there's a fucking kid there. That's all I got to say. Yeah. A super simple photo. It's what appears to be a staircase. And then there's a kid who's peering out, out from behind this doorway with wide eyes. But what caught me initially is I was waiting to hear the story because the thing that's making me a little creeped out is what's above the kid. If you look at the photo... It almost looks, it reminds me a lot of like a, a creature from the Clash of the Titans days. This almost looks oh, like some snap. sort of spider creature's face. With multiple eyes and pincers? With three eyes and pincers. You see it? Yes, I do. Yeah. That's what was initially concerning to me, that I thought you were going to tell me this that the ghostly image is not of the child, but of the creature standing above the child. It's almost like demonic in a way. Yeah. I really think there was a kid that had its photo taken. I'm just going to leave that at that. And 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 this, if it was an infrared, that explains why the eyes are whited out. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, you could you could have done that to white out the eyes. It's not a, a big thing, but yeah. The, I'm the kid. I probably there's probably a kid there, and they needed some evidence. But what's behind the kid is where I am Spidey. not feeling too good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. I mean, that's a little eerie. It's a lot eerie. I did not even notice that. Look at you going. Overachiever. Okay. Yeah. Photo number five. Grandpa's ghost. August 1997. Denise Russell took this photo of her grandmother who lived alone at the time. On the 17th of August 1997, even though the photo had been developed, copied, and given to other family members... Nobody noticed the male figure standing over her until Christmas Day 2000. That's what blows my mind about this. It's the first thing I saw. The Russell family says it's the spitting image of their grandpa who died in 1984. I mean, again, I think we have another story with a photo. This is just a medium close-up of the grandmother. And then in the background, a little blown out, is a uh, what appears to be a figure of an elderly man that's just sort of standing his his head's almost a little cut off by the photo again um it's their word against ours in this scenario if he had passed and that is him and that's the story yeah we got ourselves a ghostly figure in this photo that looks like that he's standing i mean all the color everything is right in it which that's what i found the most amazing yeah the fact the way that his face looks this is probably the most substantial of the photos that we've seen so far. But again, because of these cameras, these old cameras, and how blown out the sky is, he's almost blending into that. Mm-hmm. And whether the story is true or false, if the story is false, this could have been a guy. 
if the story is true, then yeah, we got ourselves some some form of entity back there, I'd, I'd say. Well, here's where I'm at with it at this point. I'm looking at it. It looks like grandma's in a park. Lots of cars parked behind her. Looks like a family reunion. You know, you got all your folding chairs out. Looks like grandma's got her cup of tea or whatever it is. Maybe it's a cousin that looks just like grandpa that nobody was paying attention that he was in that photo until 2000 and the photo was taken in 97. I'm going to lean yeah. towards that. It's Again, this is one of those where the story gives into the photo mm-hmm. and you know i could take a picture of a house and kitsy have you stand in the window and upload it to the internet and say no this house is abandoned no one lives there but there's this figure standing in the window and odds are if that's the narrative i give you that's probably the narrative you're going to believe or if you choose to believe it then yes yeah it's all what you choose to believe one million percent and i trust no one. Oh yeah i trust no one Now we're getting into the good shit. Yeah, we are. Okay. (laughs) Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files guys we've got everything there we're still adding more the prices are much more cost effective there and this store is so easy to navigate what are you waiting for head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files get your merch on guys I'm pretty excited to tell you about this new product I'm using. Soul Drops are sacred plant supplements that boost overall wellness by enhancing your mind, body, and spirit. See what I did there? Made with traditional healing plants, this special microdosing option empowers self-healing and performance optimization. Soul Drops allow you to power up physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, See what I did there? With only a few drops per day, Soul Drops can empower your self-healing and optimization. Now, I'm not kidding. I found Soul Drops on a social media ad, and guys, I'm shocked at the results. I'm not even kidding. I'm not making this up. I am shocked at the results. My moods have leveled out, and I'm sleeping better. So Soul Drops is brought to you by renowned shamanic healer and herbalist Vlada Talon. 
She uses an ancient process to offer all natural, legal, and safe microdosing. Her master plant formulas have transformed the lives of thousands of people, including me. So I figured out a way to get you guys Soul Drops at a 10% discount. Are you ready? Head on over to souldrops.net and type in oddity files, one word, in the discount code box. I got the Master Trinity set, and I tell you what, this stuff works. So head on over to souldrops.net and remember to type oddity files, again, one word, into the coupon code to get your 10% off. And you know what? You can just thank me later. Photo number six, Pauling Fire Department, 1988. The white figure in this photo is believed to be some sort of angel overlooking Rose Benevento, who was involved in this horrible car crash. I mean, the car is just crumpled. Uh, she said it could only have taken a miracle for her to survive the crash. And lo and behold, there's an angel-like figure in attending the firefighter Sharon Boo's photo. Yeah, I mean, that's there's really nothing more to it to describe here. It's a it's an absolute disaster of a car accident. And then there's this sort of ghostly orb-like angelic light that is shaped uh, like something mm-hmm. that is that resembles a figure. Like it, like they have a, a hood. Is that the what hooded it's cloak. Yes. Yeah. And almost like a mermaid tail on the bottom. So girl is stylish. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's it looks like a female form, mm-hmm. but there are light sources here. There's obviously, it looks like, I believe, a light from the right side of the, or the left side of the car that's still on. The headlight, yeah. And I, yeah, the, the left headlight, driver's side headlight. And then there's another vehicle that I imagine is providing a source of light. This could be some crazy flair, but I I buy into this. This yeah. is something I can get behind. Okay. Yeah. I it's very um not orbish, but mistish like completely see through. What, you know, I mean, as children we thought ghosts would look like, to be perfectly honest. And 100%. you know, if this woman survived this crash, who's to say it wasn't her guardian angel? I'm a believer in that, so uh, or in a form of that. So uh, this is this is absolutely the story, the 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 look, what was captured. This mm-hmm. is something I can absolutely get behind. And I've seen other stories that um, emergency uh, people have taken at crash sites and things like that. And there's some really interesting photos out there. Ooh, maybe if we mm-hmm. end up doing something like this again, we should do that. Okay, photo number seven. This is the photo that started this whole entire story. So the backseat ghost, March 1959. This photo was taken by Maybelle Chinnery in 1959. It shows her husband in his car, but who is allegedly her dead mother-in-law on the back seat. While paranormalists believe it to be real, others have debunked it as being a case of double exposure. So the story I originally read, and it wasn't enough to do a full story on, so that's why I did all these photos. But Maybelle had gone to her mother-in-law's gravesite. She took all kinds of photos in and around the gravesite. And then she had one photo left before they were getting ready to leave. And she was heading toward the car. So she thought, I'm just going to take a picture of hubby in the car And then later on, she got the photo developed, and Nick's going to tell you what it looked like. 
I mean, it for some reason it reminds me a lot of DB Cooper. If you're familiar yes, with him, same. With the sunglasses on. Uh, this is an old timey car. Someone in the passenger seat's smiling for a photo, and then directly behind them in the back seat is a DB Cooper looking like sunglasses on, white kind of kerchief around their neck. Sorry, um, mother-in-law, looking... but it looks like a dude. <laughs> it. I mean, it. It absolutely does the depth of it the lighting is all consistent with someone who is in the back seat who's not getting as much light as the subject of the photo again who's telling this story like who is passing this down from generation to generation of this photo or is this just someone that dug it up and was like i'm gonna put a story on the internet i'm gonna put a story to this picture goddamn redditors okay Mm -hmm. i i i once I read the story, I really wanted to believe it. To me, yeah. it just looks like a guy driving around a, a dude in a car. Yeah, that it was just someone who just happened to be back there. Maybe cool not. Maybe it was a hot day. Maybe. And some AC. With that scarf, that kerchief, if you will. Okay, photo <laughs> number eight, Mrs. Andrews' baby, 1947. This photo of a child appearing over a grave was taken by Mrs. Andrews in 1947. She noticed the ghost when she had the film developed, but said it wasn't her daughter in the picture. Despite there being some graves for children nearby, the child in the photo has never been identified. So this one has me thinking someone at the film developing company in 1947 decided to play a trick on poor Mrs. Andrews. It kind of looks like double exposure to me, but Nick will tell you what is actually in the photo. Yeah, so this is just at a grave. uh, This is a grave site, um, someone's tombstone, and then the grave, and then almost sitting on the grave is a small uh, child of a girl wearing a dress, just sort of sitting, chilling. Looking maybe two Um, to three years old. I would say that's a fair the, a fair age, but it does look like, again, this is either double exposure, this is uh, maybe a case of bad film, uh, maybe it's a bleed as well, which could happen in film cameras where you have a previous photo that's taken uh, that kind of bleeds into the next kind of photo pocket on the film. Yeah. And it just happened to line up. Coincidences happen. They do. This kid could have been sitting at the perfect angle that this photo was taken. And honestly, size-wise, that's a big fucking baby if that's like an adult-sized grave. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> the size is a bit jar. I mean, the baby is, as far as depth goes, the baby is very close to the headstone. The baby is almost as big as this headstone is Yeah. in the photo. It's just too much. And, you, and like you said, I think the people developing the film, like, this was a different time. There was no internet. There was no Fortnite. There was no YouTube. They had to do something for fun. Yeah. They were de- I mean, developing photos was like, this was a job. Everyone needed it done. Like, you were always backed up. It took time. Mm-hmm. They they needed to do things that made them feel sane. And so this is probably some experimental sort of film developing process that the youngins who were developing the film came up with yep exactly they was gonna fuck with mrs andrews okay (laughs) photo number nine newbie church 1963 oh hell no some analysts that's the word i'm trying to say think this photo taken at newbie church in north yorkshire england is a fake because the character looks to be posing too much 
Once Nick describes the picture, I'll tell you why I think it's fake. Um, however, Reverend K.F. Lord insists there was nothing visible to the naked eye when he took the photo, and photo experts say it has not been double exposed. Interesting. So this is inside of a church. Uh, what I'm assuming is an altar. It almost looks like an organ, but I see the mm-hmm. depth in the photo. It's an altar, uh, and then standing at the altar is almost a figure, a very tall, skinny, slim, slender figure that seems to be wearing some sort of black cloak or dress. And to me, I know it's just the transparency of the figure, but it looks like they're wearing a little cowboy bandana mask over their face. (laughs) Oh my God, I see that now. You know what I saw when I first looked at it? The scream mask, literally. Uh, See, I was thinking like the, the mask that I have up there, Right there on my screen. Oh. That if you're on Patreon, it's like an old kind of oh, like, like Phantom mask. of the Opera. Yeah, I saw kind of the pointed down. But no, tell me, tell me your uh, theory. That's it. I think somebody just made this recently. I don't think there is a uh, Reverend K. F. Lord. I think maybe there's a new Scream movie coming out, and that's why this is there. <laughs> I mean, you never know. There is a new screen movie coming out in January, so. Well, there you go. There you have it, kids. Um, debunked. Debunked. I don't know. If it is real, it's fucking creepy. Not going to oh, lie. Very, you know, like, secret society vibe, very satanic ritual vibe going on at this fabulous church in 1963. It just makes no sense. And also, the farther up in the body you go, the less transparent it is. So that makes me question it as well. Okay. Um, Photo number 10. Toys R Us, 1978. Oh, that's what this is. The Toys R Us store in Sunnyvale, California, is allegedly haunted by the ghost of Johnny Johnson. And this image shows a silhouette leaning up against the shelves. The same figure wasn't there when the photo was taken. The story goes that Johnny had a thing for a girl named Elizabeth, the daughter of a plantation owner. The plantation used to be on the Toys R Us site. Johnny bled to death after cutting himself chopping wood and now roams the aisles of the store searching for her. What are we seeing here, Nick? I mean, I'm still trying to figure that out. I, I'm assuming that it's a bunch of workers in a f- factory on a break, potentially. So it's a Toys R Us store. So what it looks like to me, I mean, you weren't in a Toys R Us store in 1978. I was. So it looks like the game aisle where they're just each shelf is just stacked full of what I'm hoping are Ouija boards. Um, and they're, the employees are just kind of sitting around in this really weird light. It's like the lights are off in some parts of the aisle and some are on because the guy in the farthest forefront is like blown out. And then you've yeah. got a bunch of other, it looks like they're having a tornado drill almost. They're all like sitting on the floor and then it's black and white. And then there's some off to the side that, again, are really blown out. Like there's a spotlight overhead. And very faintly in the background, you see Johnny Johnson, who's allegedly from the 18-somethings, in like 70s clothing. So my thing is, 
The problem with large groups is you really don't know where people are standing when a photo is taken. I don't know anything. I wasn't even looking at this guy. I'm looking at the, the foreground of the photo uh, down here in the bottom right where there's this big light. I'm st I've been staring at that this whole mm -hmm. time being like, I don't. It just looks like a blob. But you're telling me it's the guy in the background. It's the guy who in the seems background. seems to be holding on to his uh, penis scrotal area. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with like white mittens i don't know it just i mean he looks cool like he's like um james dean cool just kind of hanging out there it just doesn't fit for me he's rocking bell bottoms yeah not not crazy bell bottoms maybe some boot cut like jeans skinny jean bell bottoms yes one million percent so i'm not buying that one yeah i don't know about anything where there's People are like, oh, I captured this in the lobby of said hotel. It's like you weren't paying attention to the guy who was running past you as you take, took the photo. That's why he's yeah. blurry and you can see through him. Yeah, uh, there's nothing haunted about a Toys R Us. I tell you that much. Well, those Ouija boards, just saying. Okay, photo <laughs> 11. The Brown Lady, 1936. This photo of the Brown Lady is considered by many to be actual photographic evidence of ghosts. It was taken at Rhinham Hall in Norfolk, England in 1936. There had allegedly been many sightings of the figure before this photo, and it's said to be the ghost of Lady Townshend. She was locked in a room in the hall by her husband when he found out about her infidelity and left her there to die. So I have seen this photo so often. I literally thought it was like fake stock footage. I never even thought it was actual paranormal evidence. But is that good or bad for the validity of this photo? Go ahead and tell them what's in the photo. Yes, yeah, so another. We got a simple staircase, just a shot looking directly on the staircase that's coming down. And right smack in the center of the staircase, um, further down it, of course, in the center of the photo, I would say, is sort of a Virgin Mary-looking, transparent, white figure. Yeah. And that's that's really all there is to it. I mean, the moment you add transparency to a photo, you have my attention. This is a logical thing. All the lighting is pretty consistent. The thing that's throwing me off here is that the lighting around the entire photo... It's pretty dark, but whatever the center, the handrails of this staircase are very reflective. Yeah. Very reflective. I'm thinking there's lights in the ceiling or a chandelier it, or something making it blow up like that. Yeah. It's with these old cameras, it's so difficult because they were so sensitive to light in the first place. I mean, we're talking film that I don't know who's listening has ever had to load a film camera, but if you don't do it just right, that whole entire roll is just burned. Yeah. I mean, we're talking that sensitive to light. This is believable, but it's mm -hmm. the light sources on the side are really kind of throwing me for a loop. I just I don't think. understand why they're calling her the brown lady. It's black and white, and she looks white to me. That's where I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah, it's real hard to, I mean, again, it's the story tied to the photo. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to skip a couple of these because... We are really going over here. Okay, I'm going to go to the last two. So we're at photo, no, last three. Photo 14, mm. girls in Manila, 2000s. The two girls in the photo taken in Manila, Philippines, didn't report seeing anyone or feeling any presence when this photo was taken. It was also taken on a digital camera 
So it can't have been the result of double exposure. Not going to lie, this one and others like it have always given me the fucking creeps. So what are we looking at here, Nick? This is just two girls posing, surrounded by multiple streetlights, and then grabbing the arm of the girl on the right, if you're looking at the photo, is almost like a Dobby-like creature from Harry Potter <laughs> grabbing her arm. Literally, that's all I see now. It's very like Dobby-esque. Looks like there's ears specifically, and the figure is almost transparent. If you follow the hand up to the body, the body becomes more and more transparent as you get to like the head that's yes. completely transparent. But yeah, looking at it really closely, it looks like there's no shirt, so it would like be Dobby. I don't know. This I have seen this and others like it. And, you know, you, you see the sorority girls with like the little face between one of their legs. It'll creep me mm-hmm. out. So mm-hmm. this is, I think, the first one I ever saw like that. Now they're a freaking dime a dozen. Uh, number 15, a demonic spirit on a hospital bed. Hell no. This fucking one. This weird vision shows a CCTV camera in a hospital. A demonic spirit appears to be trampling over the bed. Apparently, the person in the bed passed away shortly afterwards. I believe the first time I saw this photo was in the Oddity Files fan group way back in the day. And just nope. Yeah, I don't like this one one bit. We're just looking at a a literally security cam footage. But probably looks like maybe the 90s, early 2000s, potentially, maybe mm-hmm. a little sooner. I mean, we might be talking late 80s even. And it's security camera footage of a hospital bed, a hospital room. Very clear that someone was in there at some point with everything still set up, the wires. And on the bed is this uh, black, almost furry, demonic looking creature that's almost doing like a jig, like almost like a dance. Mm-hmm. Almost twerking. Almost twerking, uh, <laughs> hunched over. Very Grinch-like. It's very Yes, I think the Grinch, you hit the nail on the head with the Grinch. It's very spooky. I don't like the way that it makes me feel. And that, that is, was the same reaction I had the first time I, I, I saw. I was just like, uh-uh, what the fuck is that? I, I yeah. don't know. It's, it's, it does look like it's dancing on the person. I think I vaguely see a person in the bed that it would be dancing on. It's actually a photo of like an old school tube TV because it's got like the rounded edges on it. Um, so that, that would have to say it's fairly old. But the quality of the CCTV looks better than I would expect for a tube TV to be showing the security footage. I don't know. Yeah. I My gut reaction is... Something really fucking creepy was captured in this hospital room. I don't want to believe it, but I, I the the concept of this photo being, I imagine someone who was working the cameras who caught this thing, they could rewind, they could fast forward, they could do that, but it wasn't something they could mass produce or make copies of or upload to YouTube. So this was someone taking a photo mm-hmm. of the freeze frame of this thing. Because you can I mean you can see the corners of the TV, you can see the screen, you can see that this is a clear photo of this security footage, and that makes it even creepier. Yes, and I will say to take a note from Nick, the lighting on this demon or whatever the hell it is, spot on. It looks spot like on. it's there. The fact that the backboard of the hospital bed is almost the same color as the skin or hair or fur of this creature sells it i mean mm-hmm. just absolutely sells it and there's a spot on the 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 back there's a light in the ceiling it's you know hospital lighting where there are the 
bulbs that are in the ceiling, mm-hmm. there's actually reflection off the back of this creature based on a light source that's directly above it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is... I don't like it at all. I don't like it. One single bit. Okay, last but not least... The Pink Lady, photo 16. This image was from Greencastle, Indiana. It was taken by Guy Winters and Chums, who were investigating paranormal reports about an abandoned house in the area. This photo seemingly shows a ghostly woman bathed in pink and includes a final shot where the image has been digitally enhanced, showing the incredibly human face of the apparition. I'm not buying. I'm putting it out there. I'm not buying into that final shot. That was just really weird for me. But the photo is amazing. Nick, what are we looking at? Uh, yeah, this seems to be someone's either front or back door of their house. Um, the the old southern feeling glass doors. You know, you have the front door. And then you have the, the glass sort of secondary door. The storm door. The, yes, the storm door. It's an Indiana thing. <laughs> and it looks like something is standing in that in that window the second pic- it, there are four pictures total the second picture looks like a person that's standing i don't really know what to make of this photo at all yeah so the first one's a little blurry um yeah. it's very transparent the second one legit looks like the soft lens playboy style photos of the 1970s with like her beautiful auburn hair like she's in this flowing gown reaching out towards the storm door uh, the second one, it looks like she's backing off a little bit. They look like they were taken in sequential order. If this is real, this is really good. This is, and that's the thing. I think the way that she's lit as well, there's no real light source. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think this was necessarily, there's room for this to be photoshopped in, but I don't think there is a source of light that's actually lighting her. So her glow could be otherworldly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a good, I mean, this is a real good one. Yeah, the first and last shot of just her, again, we're ignoring this super duper photo of her face. I don't see it. You can see through her completely. There looks like there's a banister to a stairway right behind her. But the the middle one where she's got that 1970s Playboy vibe going on, you can't. So it's I, I'm buying this one. I'm heading to Greencastle next week. <laughs> oh, I don't know where the house get it, is. Get it. I will find it. So Run it down. I skipped one. Those last three were too good not to share. So, Nick, thanks for playing along. Guys, again, we'll put, um, I'll probably put all these photos in the Facebook fan group as well. It's just Oddity Files fan group on the Facebook. I just thought it was something fun and different and kind of uh, challenged us to describe something visually as well as possible. It was fun. We got to work together. We got to be a team. I love it. I love it. Because we've got one hell of a story. So, guys, let's throw it over to some quick commercials, and we'll come back, and I will tell you our one and only listener story. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny this new series is absolutely amazing just head to tinyurl.com/paranormalxroad that's the letter x this all female paranormal team including myself kitsy duncan kj and spirit medium Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting, 
of any kind. Nine times out of 10, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code oddityfiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code oddityfiles. Check it out. I cannot say this enough, people. Send in your stories, oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be your own personal story. It can be a story you heard from a relative at the Thanksgiving dinner table or at Easter, excuse me, I just burped right in your face, or at you know <laughs> Easter dinner. I love the old stories babysitters used to tell. Urban legends are amazing. Talk about yep. all the stuff and all the things. So that opens it up. We have a squatchy one coming. I've got a squatch. No, we. Oh wait, this is the one. Yes, yes. This that is was it. so fast. Oh yeah, she said it last night. Thank God, or we would not have Hell. a story. 
Hell yes. Yes. Hit me with it. Okay. So the subject is, I know what I saw. Dot, dot, dot. Greetings. Spooky friends, my story is one I've held on to for years because no one outside of my family would ever believe this. It occurred between Christmas and New Year 2012 in Bedford, Indiana. Hell yeah, just south of me. Um, About 25 minutes from Kitsy, she says. I apologize for the length of the story in advance, but a life-altering event needs to be well told. After a late night movie with my family while I was home for the holidays, we left the theater after midnight to find a wild snowstorm and a foot of snow on the ground. Snow and ice were accumulating fast, so the normally 10-minute drive was doubled. I was driving my dad's pickup truck with my mom in the passenger seat and one of my sisters in the back seat. I crept along the highway while we enthusiastically talked about the movie. We made the turn off the highway, and I dropped out of the conversation to concentrate. The road to my parents' house winds through farmland and is near the White River. It has extremely steep hills, sharp, narrow curves, sounds like my road, girl, and no street lamps, making driving in that weather very hazardous, especially in the middle of the night. Once I turned onto that road, I slowed around 15 miles an hour or less. Visibly was about 50 feet. My mom and sister chattered away while I was concentrated on not slipping off the road into a steep ditch or the river. As I slowly came around an icy curve in the heavy wind and snow, I saw a street sign on the opposite side of the road with what looked like a full trash bag propped against it. People dump trash along that road a lot in parentheses, nasty rednecks, holla girl. So I wasn't surprised. (laughs) I turned my head to say something to mom, and when I turned back, the bag was no longer there. What was there, though, was a dark figure standing on the edge of the road beside the sign about 30 feet away. The next part of this story probably happened in a matter of 30 seconds or less, but it felt like several minutes. It was one of those moments in my life where time stood still. My mother and sister were deeply engaged in loud conversation, and my mom was even turned to face the back seat. So in the most frustrating and classic turn of events, they never saw a thing. In shock, thinking a person was walking down the road in a damn blizzard, I flipped on my high beams, which I fumbled with for a second because I was driving an unfamiliar vehicle. Instant snow blindness, or warp speed if you're in the... uh, the Millennium Falcon, the snow was too thick and cut the visibility into a few feet like high beams would in a fog. I fumbled with the headlight switch again to find the black figure in the center of the road, as if it had disappeared and reappeared in an instant, or taken a running jump to the middle. I was driving a mid-sized Dodge pickup, so the height of the windshield was at least seven feet or more. This figure was at eye level with me and standing utterly still. This was a big man or a big dot, dot, dot something. The shape of a bodybuilder. I had been creeping forward down the road until this point and slowed almost to a stop. I was scared to death. And what flashed through my mind was that this was some psycho waiting for someone to carjack. 
girl, I wouldn't want the same place. I panic flashed the lights to bright again, forgetting about them reflecting off the snow before. I could tell the huge figure still frozen in the center of the road, posed in that mid-step, mid-arm swing, walk like a cheesy Sasquatch bumper sticker, was staring straight at us. What made me stop the truck completely was that there was no eye reflection, even though I knew it was looking right at me. Shaking like mad, I swatted the headlight switch to see more clearly. It was then that my passengers asked what was going on. But while looking at me and not the road, I glanced in the rearview mirror at my sister for a millisecond while the lights dimmed and looked back at the road. The giant black figure was gone. Now the direction it was moving leads straight to a farmer's access road to his field and about 300 more yards leads to the riverbank. Speechless, while my passengers yelled, what, what's wrong? I rolled the truck forward to where it must have gone. Even if this was a large man, it would be almost impossible to cross a two-lane road in seconds and be completely out of sight. Stupidly, I opened my door to look for footprints. I could see none, but the snow was falling so heavily that they could have already been almost filled and obstructed by the dark. As we crept home, I told my mom and sister and asked them how the hell they didn't see. They simply weren't looking at the road in those moments. I was so terrified that I didn't sleep all night and shook with fear. Was it a man jumping out in front of the truck? Why on earth would he do something so dangerous? My mother, latching onto the part of the story where I couldn't see the reflection of his eyes or footprints, said it was a ghost. Maybe. But I know what I saw. I saw something black, tall, and larger than a big man even bundled up for the weather. It moved from a crouch to standing to the center of the road to completely out of sight in a couple of thundering heartbeats. I can only guess it froze in fear like I did, not expecting someone to come around the curve in the storm. I can't go around that curve day or night, even all these years later, without feeling a chill. I never believed that sort of thing before, though I've always loved paranormal stories, hence my listening to the podcast. It's just improbable. Sightings had been reported several times in the local paper when I was growing up and in the Hoosier National Forest just up the highway. But after that night, I knew what I'd seen, and it made me love the paranormal even more. I've since done a few ghost hunts and tours with definite activity. Despite still having a healthy dose of skepticism, I know what I saw that night, and I can finally admit it. I saw a Hoosier Bigfoot. Goosebumps. Thanks for reading. I love the podcast and all the creepy fun. Sarah. Hell yeah. So wait, the trash bag was what I'm assuming was it crouched down? Yeah. And like the rivet of the road? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's not the first time I've heard about Big Feet down in Bedford and the Hoosier National Forest and things like that. So, girl, I think you saw what you saw. I believe you one million percent from this Hoosier who lives in a similar terrain as your parents and also has Bigfoot sightings in the White River near her. I think it's it's where these these amazing beings like to hang out just different countings 
Yeah. Oh yeah. What a ta- what a story. That yeah. Was, uh, oh, she told me I was gonna love it, and I did. It was written so beautifully, Sarah. Thank you so much. It's I just the detail of like time stood still. I can describe it in great length, but it was probably only about thirty seconds or less. That was such a great thing to say because sometimes you lose people when you explain something so heavily Mm -hmm. and they're like, it sounds like you were sitting there for five minutes. Like, no, no, I'm just describing it to you as vividly as it happened. Yeah. But it only was, you know, this little slice of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when something tragic happens in a car crash, it's a split second, but you remember every detail, you know, if you're conscious um, of everything that happened, it takes time to explain that. So, Sarah, that was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was. Love it so much. Guys, send in your cryptid stories. I mean, I think that's only our second Bigfoot story ever. I love to hear them. Yes. Keep them coming. Yep. Make them up if you have to. Oddity Files crew at gmail.com. Shout out to our Patreon producers, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Malden Locke. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. And I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files we appreciate your continued support we appreciate you spreading the word please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening again all things oddity files at flow.page slash oddity files theme music provided by james grice edited by me take care we'll see you next time no you won't you'll hear us next time bye